We're watching the streaming sector, and obviously competition is stiff. In fact, a bear on Netflix over at Wedbush raised his rating to neutral. So I thought that was very, very telling. To talk more about this group, Charles Moon is with us, Senior Market Strategist of Equities at Prosper Trading Academy, and Dan Rayburn, Principal Analyst, Frost and Sullivan. Thank you both for being with us. So as we take a look here, Charles, you're looking at the group. You definitely like Disney when you take a look at this group. Tell me why Disney is a standout and maybe give me your thought on Netflix, too. Well, for me, Disney is one of those content creators slash streaming providers that is actually on an upslope with subscriber growth. Uh, we've seen Netflix kind of go back and forth with the subscriber growth, but it's a bit saturated. They're trying to price in their growth capabilities not by now kind of pivoting towards uh, video game, video game subscriptions. But I'm not sure how successful that's going to be. I'm not sure if this is going to be a venture where they're going to pile a ton of money and actually see something from it. You know, we've seen companies like Google try to pivot towards that direction, and there has been very limited success on their end. And so, you know, I could see why Netflix wants to do that. They already have their built-in user base. You know, it, there's obviously a, a bit of a limit on how much they can make from a monthly standpoint from each individual customer. So they're trying to, you know, up that number, trying to actually, you know, kind of really build out that growth capabilities to kind of fit their valuation as we speak. But you know, they've been uh, uh, one of the weaker performers in FANG along with Facebook. They're trading well below their 200-day moving average. It seems the market is somewhat disinterested in Netflix right now. Uh, with Disney, for me, I, I feel that it's it's kind of following the rest of the streamers as more of a byproduct of the sector itself as opposed to seeing investors coming in because it seems like a lot of retail does happen to pivot towards Disney a little bit more. There seems to be a lot more retail investors trying to buy in. So I actually like the idea of Disney kind of accelerating growth a little bit longer term than Netflix right now. Yeah, and I think you make a good point about Disney. We watch for subscriber growth overall, and there's so many players in the group. And the ads obviously come to the ones that have the most subscribers and are doing incredibly well. But subscribers look at price. They look at offerings. They look at what's in the lineup. Den Rayburn, I noticed within your notes so many things pertaining to sports and uh, we just finished sort of giving us a little foreshadowing in our conversation about Major League Baseball with Apple. How big of a deal is that? Because Apple really is having a hard time with subscriber growth. Well, it's not surprising that Apple's getting to some sports, but there's a lot of things we don't know about this deal. So we don't know what it's going to cost because all Apple will say is, quote, for a limited time, it's free. But when pressed on that, they wouldn't give any information. Also, how are you going to purchase the the sporting events is it is it pay-per-view is it one-off is it a subscription on a monthly basis a yearly basis we don't know i'd also like to know how is ad insertion taking place who's actually selling ads during these games is it major league baseball or is it actually apple we don't know that and then finally is there going to be a baseball season this year um you know we have to keep an eye on that but it, it's not surprising apple's getting into sports we're seeing hbo max is, is going to be doing live soccer Bally Sports is going to be doing a soft launch of their of their D2C offering. So sports is where it's at right now. There's a lot of interest in sports and also obviously interest in what's coming on, coming up later with the NFL later this year. 
Right, and I, it's my understanding roughly Apple's expected to spend ten billion on content, fifteen billion for Amazon, twenty billion for Netflix. I mean, they be, they basically all have to continue to invest. But for Roku, for example, and AT and T's HBO Max, tell me a little bit about those, Charles Moon, because you definitely are not a fan of Roku. No. So I, I feel like Roku got way ahead of themselves. When streaming was hot, it just seemed like it was just the buy, right? Uh, you mentioned streaming, you know, in any company notes. Analysts mentioned streaming. It just seemed to be viewed as a positive. Now, we've seen that, you know, shine off the Apple taken off here over the last six months. We've seen Roku's performance. It's been in just a tremendous and very significant downslide since it peaked out. And there's really hasn't been respite. Every moment that we think there's a respite, you know, Roku has come out, uh, you know, negative guidance. I don't want to say negative guidance, but the last report was fairly negative. They talked about, you know, the growth being stalled out predominantly through supply chain issues. But, you know, they're competing with the likes of Google, like Amazon, like Apple, like Netflix and such. And it's just hard for me to think that their built-in network has to be really tied directly to, you know, product services, product development, product sales, TVs. Uh, streaming units, and even with the streaming units, even though they're considered the, I guess the the prominent figure, you know, again, yeah. you have Google, you have uh, Amazon as your main competition, and I just feel that you know it, it, it's more properly valued for growth now than it was six months ago when it was trading three four hundred dollars. I just feel that this is just a moment of maybe a little bit of a nibble, but I don't expect Roku to ever visit their all-time highs anytime soon. Mm. And uh, Dan, quickly on, on Discovery and, and the merger, um, final thoughts here on that group. And you could throw in, you know, Netflix, your final, you know, when would you buy Netflix? You know, what would make you do that? Final thoughts here, Dan. Yeah, sure. So I'm obviously different in that. I don't put out stock picks and whatnot. But keep in mind, we're comparing a lot of companies here in the same bucket that don't do the same things. And that's important for investors to look at. Right. Netflix makes 100% of their money from a subscription service. Comparing that to Roku that gets most of their money from advertising is is not apples to apples. Uh, we don't have any additional details on the on the merger with Discovery on the, other than they think it'll be done in Q2. Uh, but that's going to be interesting to watch because there's so much different content that they have there. But they're two very different services, Discovery Plus and HBO Max, really two different types of content. Yeah. And final quick thought, Charles Moon. Yeah, I mean, I, eventually when the markets get really solid, you're going to see the sector start rising. Anybody tied to the sector is going to find some demand. I believe Disney is going to be the outlier. Just recently, Disney revisited their 52-week lows, held that level by three cents. It tells me that there's a lot of retail and institutional interest at that level. We'll see if it continues to hold. I actually think Disney could be a great rebound play here in the near term in comparison to, let's say, yeah, Netflix quickly. and others that are considered their peers. You know, we talk about the sports tie and the, and the rave of, uh, you know, the demand in sports. You know, obviously, Amazon's going to be a pick with their Thursday night football venture. But, yeah. you know, let's not forget Disney owns ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. Charles, thank you. And Dan, thank you. Great to speak with you both. And of course, customers have to decide how many streaming services they want to have. Right. Charles Moon and Dan Rayburn. Thank you both very much.